Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Big Time Rush. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. All righty. Thanks to our friends at Backermat again for that great intro music. Welcome to another week of Side Retired, the only podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside James and Jack. As always, we're going to be breaking down all things MLB from the past couple of days, as well as make sure to check out our great interviews from last week right below this. We had Tyler Gillum of the Savannah Bananas, their head coach, as well as Tom Hackamer, a reliever in the Mets organization. So those were two great interviews that you can check out right below. This episode, as well as Matt Potter, took a deep dive into all the different food options at City Field. So I know a lot of you are New York Mets fans or New York City located. So if you go to the ballpark near you at City Field, definitely make sure to check that out. But today's episode, we're going to be breaking down three main topics. And you probably saw them already on our social medias if you haven't checked those out yet at Side Retired Pod. It's that Fernando Tatis Jr. has been suspended for steroids. He'll be missing the rest of this season as well as the beginning of next season which will then lead us to a discussion about the face of MLB. And finally, we'll get into the Mets and Yankees and how their weekends went. So James, I'll throw it over to you first. The immediate impact of seeing one of the young stars in baseball getting suspended for steroids. Yeah, I just, I really don't understand this. Um, You know, I hate to be the guy that's going to come, that's going to have this take and it's going to say this, but your favorite player, is probably taking something that isn't on that isn't allowed by the major leagues. Um, you know, Tatis is one of the faces of the game. Um, you know, I just I you know this Padres team made a tremendous effort to try and put together a World Series caliber roster. This guy's made multiple rehab starts. It's about to come back to the major leagues. Uh, you know, San Diego's. I don't know if you all have seen the videos of their games. They've been rocking. I mean, it's it looks like an incredible baseball atmosphere. Um, yeah, and then, you know, this news drops. And so, you know, I think if you tested everyone in the MLB tomorrow, um, you'd have a lot of guys show up for stuff, you know, especially guys you didn't, you, you wouldn't think would show positive, show positive. So, I don't know. I think it's frustrating. I think it's a very targeted move by the MLB. Uh, I don't know if it's at the Padres or if it's at Fernando Tatis, but, but yeah, I think, I think that was a very poor decision by the, by the major leagues. Yeah, I'm just confused. But you, so one, you're acting like MLB doesn't test other players, and two, like I think one of the main problems people have had with this is that this is the guy MLB has marketed as the face of baseball, rightfully so. You know, coming off the 2020 and 2021 seasons he had this year, he's had you know n- numerous motorcycle accidents which prevented him from getting on the field, and it seems like that's why he did take the steroid and then proceeded to lie about why he took it. You know, confusing it for. Uh, you know, a homonym of the of the drug he took and, you know, attempting to mislead the public, which is a pretty pitiful excuse and one that, you know, backfired pretty hard because whoever his PR rep was, it seemed, it seemed pretty obvious that they attempted to dupe the public in a, so in a pretty poor way. So I, I don't really get, you know, I think Derek, in the episode that's coming this week, we're talking about Derek Jeter, Doc. He discusses, you know, he played in one of the most bountiful steroid eras in all history. 
And one of his responses was, you know, his teammate Alex Rodriguez faced the largest suspension for st uh, steroids possible without being banned from the game, suspended for over a year and a half. And, you know, he, Jeter discussed, like, you know, every, people commonly say, you know, everyone was taking it. It's a steroid era. As, you know, it's also a common, uh, you know, reprimand to uh, Barry Bonds, potentially, you know, building a candidacy for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Everyone was taking it. And he, you know, he makes the strong point of saying, no, not everyone's taking it. I think everyone is tested and we get like three positive cases a year. So, yeah, I think there, there is fault on MLB, you know, for allowing this kind of issue to prevail where it's not a league wide issue. But having a star like Tatis, someone who's been, you know, he's only 23 years old. He's he's already, you know, diminished and tarnished the career that had a Hall of Fame trajectory from a young age. So I, I don't really understand like one you know, the point of, you know, putting so much marketing effort and then, you know, his teammates have a right to be fed up. I don't think this is any kind of targeting, you know, you're, there's not really a lot of merit to what you're saying, but, uh, but yeah, I think that it's, it's a very severe issue to see a guy who's been marketed so well, someone who is one of the biggest, uh, no, most notable athletes in the entire sport come across and be suspended. He's going to be almost two years now without playing after coming off two years of being one of, if not the best player in baseball. And I'll throw I'll throw in a couple of notes based on that. MLB, he was on the show cover, which everyone was saying, look at that most marketable young player. Obviously, his dad, Fernando Tatis, not a star player, but he was indeed in the big leagues. So you could sort of tell um, once he came up that, yes, he's got baseball in his blood. I remember we can flash back to maybe almost a year ago at this point, back when it was me, Ryan Barry and Henry Kalani on the podcast, where we used to argue about, what is Fernando Tatis Jr.? And when he got that massive extension, Barry was like, he's totally worth it. He's proven everything. And I just like didn't really understand it because, yes, you see young players getting extended all the time. It happened with Ronald Acuna. It happened with Ozzy Albies. But when you look at all of those contracts, they're all underpaid and they're all like significantly eight years, $100 million. Alex Bregman did a similar deal in that it's, yes, you're giving a young player a ton of money, but it's also not a financial burden and hindrance on the team if it goes south. Fernando Tatis Jr. is worth $330 million right now. I believe that's the number, 330, over 14, 15 years. And he's already said multiple bike accident injuries. I remember that quote when everyone's like, what is he talking about? When they said like, the... Which one? Which yeah, injury? his comment was which bike accident or something like that. And you're like, what? So I think that's also telling when you have Manny Machado, you have AJ Preller, who's their GM, you have Mike Clevenger, Joe Musgrove saying it's time for him to mature. It's time for him to grow up. And I know Jack and I put together that nice little New York Nets versus San Diego Padres meme with the big three. I think it's already going south in San Diego. And yes, Juan Soto returned to DC this weekend and performed really well. And obviously he's done really well since becoming a San Diego Padre, but this seems destined for failure you're the san diego padres and we're only what two weeks since the trade happened and fernando tatis jr already seems like a disaster because the bike injuries the show cover arguing with ryan barry they i know barry was like oh he's the next ken griffey i'm like slow your horses you played 143 games before getting 330 million dollars which just made no sense to me at the time and you go back to those episodes to prove it and i think it's definitely showing now in what's happened in the past six months since that incident where everything's gone down the gutter with Fernando Tatis Jr. So I don't know if there's anything else you two want to throw in on the Tatis injury before we transition further. I, I just want to say, if you think the MLB doesn't control who gets tested and who doesn't, you're, you're crazy. No one's saying that, but to make the allegation that one, 
they they're purposely targeting and you know scheming to get certain players out of the game is you know quite you know it's a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory and then also it's one that has no base because why on earth would they purposely and strategically target the player who makes them arguably the most money who they made you know they insured would be their most marketable star and make sure that he gets off the field and out of postseason play for another two years and he's off the field for another year and a half when he's just about to return and he's already been paired with you know arguably the best hitter in baseball so why would they not why would they want to keep that off playoff television it just it's something that has no base it's a it's a conspiracy theory without evidence you, without factual basis you and just without, you made know, my point or, for or me explanation you just made my point for me everything you just said is why it makes no sense why they would have him tested and have him suspended jack that's what i'm saying so, so I'm you're not, saying we should not test players for breaking rules MLB sets out or using drugs that could be harmful to their, you know, to their well-being or ones that are, you know, frankly, either illegal or ones that, you know, it, it repute the, in, the integrity of the game. And we should just let every player take these performance enhancing drugs and turn to blind eye is what you're saying. That, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think in both of your points can be right in that it's odd that this is the timing of the Testing and I've, and there's a rumor that apparently it happened back in March, right after his um, bike accident. So in general, it seems like really odd timing for the suspension. But I think at the same time, if he's using something, he's gonna get caught eventually. And it's sort of not. I think the bigger issue in this is that Fernando Tatis Jr. was suspended and that he got cheated for stories, rather than the argument of when he was suspended and why he was suspended, sort of thing. But in general, we did want to then take this and we pose this to our social media's Twitter and Instagram. Where we said with Tatis's injury or with his injuries as well as his suspension, we want to ask you guys who is the face of baseball. And I think it's telling that baseball doesn't have a Tom Brady, baseball doesn't have a LeBron James. And when we posed this, we got answers from 17 different players were mentioned and received votes. And obviously, if we had a massive Twitter following, we would say, Oh, that's why. But in general, in our relatively small circle, we had a ton of players mentioned. We will say the top three in votes were Shohei Otani. Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper, which I don't think comes as a shock considering those are three players that MLB is trying to market a ton, but it does also go to show other players who receive votes include Edwin Diaz, Pete Alonzo, Jacob deGrom, Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, Juan Soto, Mookie Betts, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Francisco Lindor, Jose Altuve, Javier Baez, Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna, and one Yankee fan who must have feeling especially happy after Saturday's game said Isaiah Kiner Falefa. That's definitely a joke. But in general, James, I'll go to you first. Did the fans get it right saying that it's Otani, Judge, and Harper as our one, two, and three is the biggest stars in baseball? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, I guess Harper being out on injury is kind of the only uh, only guy that isn't playing. But, I mean, Judge and Otani have been tearing it up. Harper, uh, you know, MV3 coming off an MVP year, unfortunately has that broken hand. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those three guys as being the face of baseball. Same question, Jack. Yeah, my pick was Aaron Judge just because of, you know, the timing of this after Barry Bonds is, you know, eliminated from the ballot after his 10th year. He's having the closest thing we've seen to a Bonds season. Um, you know, he currently has OPS plus over 200. The only player to do that in the 21st century, one of very few players to do it since integration. He's doing he has 12 stolen bases on the year. And, you know, he, on top of that, his war totals are rivaling that of Mookie Betts in 2018 and Bonds during the fantastic 01 to 04 seasons. 
So it's something that we really, it's unprecedented. It's something that we haven't seen, especially from a non, a player who's not allegedly uh, taking steroids. So that was, he was my pick, but I think him, Shohei Otani is also fantastic because, you know, well, he's not as good as per se Aaron Judge, the best position player in baseball this year, or Jacob deGrom, its best pitcher. He's doing elite on both sides and, you know, he brings in the international aspect and he's someone who following Tatis's injury was marketed as one of, if not the faces of baseball last year during his MVP campaign. So those two, I think maybe Jacob deGrom as well, uh, I think it perfectly fits the bill. So those three, I'd say, are the three best players and uh, accordingly would be the faces of baseball as they all play in, you know, big markets and would draw the appropriate and necessary attention to warrant such a title. I think also when you look at it, yes, Mike Trout, and I know there's been arguments about his health, but when he's healthy, Mike Trout is the best baseball player, but that doesn't necessarily mean the face of baseball. It's someone that you want on the cover of all the magazines. And that's exactly what Judge and Otani have, whether it's the international, whether it's New York City, whether it's Judge hopefully becoming in the playoffs and having big moments that year and all that stuff. But they have the intangible aspects that I think MLB was trying to put on Fernando Tatis Jr. that he didn't really deliver on. And we'll probably see, I know Edwin Diaz has the viral video right now that's making him extremely popular, but Stars are born in October and we'll probably see or at least we'll see Judge and Diaz and all the Mets in there, not Otani. But in general, we'll see what happens there. And that'll probably continue off in our face of MLB and face of baseball argument. This is not an MVP argument because I think all three of us would agree Aaron Judge should be the AL MVP right now. Yes, the Mets fan is saying that. But Otani probably has a better argument or sort of just in general more marketability than Judge based on the international as well as the ability to hit and pitch. But the last thing we do want to get into, since we've mentioned them a ton, the New York Mets kept rolling. The Yankees are kind of in a scuffling. They lost two out of three to the Boston Red Sox. And I know James and Jack have differing opinions on the face of the or on the issue of the New York Yankees right now. James is getting pissed off and Jack is saying we still have a 10 game lead. So boys get into your thoughts on the Yankees who just lost two out of three. We'll go to James first, the pessimistic view and then we'll go to J- uh, Jack on the optimistic, and then I'll give you sort of the Mets take. So, James, take it away. State of the Yankees. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think – I don't really understand how you could say there's anything anything really good to say about this team. I mean, I don't think there's a question that they're the second-best team in the American League. Um, but that really doesn't mean much because I think that they're the fourth-best team in Major League Baseball. Um. You know, they're obviously way behind the Astros, way behind the Dodgers, way behind the Mets. Um, I, I really don't know about the Braves. I'd say maybe they're kind of on par with the Braves would be their, their closest comparison. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this team has just showed that if they're not I, – I don't know if they're not hitting home runs, that their offense is basically dead. You know, they're tied for – they have uh, four games this season with two or fewer hits. Uh, that leads the major leagues tied with the Oakland Athletics. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just been a poor display of baseball this past week, whether it be the inability to hit, uh, the inability to pitch when the Yankees offense scores nine runs, uh, the inability to run the base paths, uh, and get shut out over 13 innings versus the Mariners. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, all, it's just every guy that seems to put on the pinstripes and, and comes over, whether it be as a free agent, whether it be at the trade deadline, just, just doesn't have it. So uh, the bullpens lost it. Uh, the starters have been fine, honestly. Um, I haven't really had anything bad to say about the starting pitching, but the bullpen has been absolutely atrocious. The lineup's been absolutely atrocious. We need Giancarlo Stanton back uh, ASAP. 
Uh, but yeah, this this should definitely warrant a a uh, a, a negative reaction from Yankees fans and, and and pump the brakes on a lot of playoff uh, aspirations, like like deep playoff run aspirations. Well, I think James, you know, he makes good. Like right now, I think is not the time. You know, if you want to be, over, you know, um, in the gloom, doom and gloom, I think you're. It is your every right to do so right now. They have been playing a very poor brand of baseball recently, but you know, to say I'd say they're still. They're in the without a doubt. I mean, even James pessimistically said they are the the fourth best team in MLB, probably the most doom and gloomy way you possibly can. You know, a team well well established as a top five overall. I think that's no reason to be pessimistic. I know people, you know, compare we're drawing early comparisons with the Yankees with some of their all time greatest teams. So, you know, given their current status, I think maybe there is a right to be disappointed. But, you know, some of his major critiques, the Yankees aren't hitting home runs, despite having a nearly a 20 homer lead in Major League Baseball through for that title as being the team with the most home runs. I know right now it's, you know, Anthony Rizzo just got back from the IL. Giancarlo Stanton currently seems like it's, you know, a return date is not on the table. So he's starting minor league rehab starts, uh, I think, uh, as soon as this week. So both of those guys are team necessary, um, not as an excuse, but it seems as more as a reality and kind of a disappointment. It seems like the Yankees since mid-July have been playing a brand of baseball with the intention of, all right, let's stay fully healthy with adding Luis Severino to the 60-day IL against his wishes, despite him not really having the health concern or, you know, the injury that warrants such a, uh, such a move. So it really, it seems like the Yankees are prioritizing full health. And, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, I, I see several people saying like, you know, a home field field advantage against the Astros is a big deal. That's a fair concern. But look at it this way. I think if you're getting the second uh, spot in the playoffs, which I think the Yankees as of right now, considering they're, you know, the lead on the Twins for that is at 10 games or the Guardians rather, uh, and it is at 10 games still, despite how how poorly they've been play- playing recently. I think that's pretty, very well within reach, if not a surefire lock for them to have. The, the teams they would have to play are either the winner of the NL- AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians, Minnesota Twins, or possibly Chicago White Sox, or the Tampa Bay Rays both of whom I would rather face than the Toronto Blue Jays or Seattle Mariners who currently have the first and second wild card. So having that kind of a playoff route and allowing to reset your pitching earlier versus the Astros who would have to go through the tougher route and perhaps maybe even go through a game four or five. As we saw in 2019, the exact thing happened where the Yankees got an easier opponent and faced the Twins and swept them versus the Astros who have went to five games against the Rays and in game five had to burn Garrett Cole. The Yankees were then able to steal a game in the ALCS game one. I know later the series didn't have the same result, but also I think you could attribute that to a lack of starting pitching depth on the Yankees part. So it's really, you know, that ability to kind of steal a game is something that could be play as a big advantage if the Yankees don't end up in home field. Um, Really really in the long run, I think looking at the schedule and down the line, this, this kind of poor play is unsustainable given the Yankees run differential. And, you know, just seeing how guys like Aaron Judge, DJ LeMayo, I know minor injury concern there, Rizzo starting to come back, you know, the bottom of the lineup, has shown some brief flashes. Glaber Torres had a hard hit ball tonight. And, you know, Ben Intendi playing a poor start. And then, you know, Montas, I thought he showed some flashes of some really elite stuff against Boston. So there's hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel, um, a really big stretch now at home. So hopefully we're, we're coming out of this next Sunday with a much more optimistic look. And I will say I'll bring us home here with the New York Mets outlook. This is the week, and I'm talking about upcoming August 15th through August 22nd. You can end the NL East if you really want to, if you're the Mets. You have four games against the Braves. You have four games against the Phillies. Eight games in seven days. The two teams that aren't breathing heavily down your neck, but I believe the Braves are now six games and the Phillies are 10 games out. 
make another statement like you did last week against the Atlanta Braves where you took four out of five from them and made it from a one and a half game lead to a five and a half game lead or whatever the numbers were back then. This division has a chance to be over and Mets fans don't have that feeling very often where it's like, okay, we're in, everything is good. Let's get Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer healthy. And Jacob deGrom, by the way, has looked fantastic since getting back from the injured list. Whether it's another six shutout innings against the Philadelphia Phillies, I believe that was on Saturday. I got that right. But when you think about it, the New York Mets have a good chance. It's a very good time to be a New York Mets fan, winning 15 of the last 18 games on a roll, sort of the exact opposite of the Yankees right now, where you really hope that they're not peaking here in August. But in general, this is good to see the team is finally well-oiled in full health. Obviously, there's also been a health concern issue with Luis Guillorme now, which is prompting the rumors out there floating here Sunday night that Brett Beatty, the Mets' number two prospect, might be nearing a major league promotion. This would be an interesting time to promote Beatty because it also gives you enough time here a month and a half before the playoffs to see if it's really the real deal. Brett Beatty can be the third baseman on a playoff team because Eduardo Escobar has obviously struggled. But in general, the Mets did the same with Michael Conforto in 2015 where he came up the end of July. And obviously, he was the starting left fielder on a World Series caliber team. So maybe Rep Brady fills that role here in 2022. But in general, the Mets fans have a ton to look forward to. A lot of optimism. A lot of great baseball this upcoming week because you have the Braves and the Phillies. But there is a chance that the Mets can bring it home and really end this division race if they want to and if they perform to the levels they're capable of this week. But in general, Jack and I and James will be back relatively soon. We're going to have great episodes throughout this week. James and I are getting ready to go off to college, so maybe you'll hear some subs in from Harry, from Potter, and Curran join alongside Jack. But there will be a couple fun episodes this week. As we already mentioned, Matt Potter is going to take you on a Food of City field tour that you can find on, I believe, today as well, if you look right above or below this episode, as well as Jack and I have two great interviews lined up for you guys this week. So definitely a lot of baseball content. Make sure to check out our newly revamped website, SideRetiredPod.com, as well as our Instagram, Twitter, at side retired pod and of course give us a five-star rating on apple podcast but jack james plus there's anything else you guys want to throw in nope all good all right so until the next time for dylan james and jack the side is retired